0: Due to adult content, parental discretion is advised. To begin. Are you watching, closely? To begin. I just, I'm
1: bored. to start. What plaything can you offer me today? Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Okay, welcome to Cock and Ball Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually... Ostensibly, at some point, we will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, A Cock and Bull Story, one minute at a time. Good lord, what is this story all about? Cock and a Bull Story. Here's your host, me, Robert Black. And we're here again with guest Sarah Black. We're talking about group 10, Life is a House versus Mother.
0: In any case, we, we do have a creation here. In the morning, she wakes up and she says, I'm pregnant. Yep. The film plays around with time, but also that's a real thing that could happen. She could wake up the very next day and Mm -hmm. know that she's pregnant because I knew hours after getting pregnant with our daughter, coincidentally creating life our first night in our new home that I was pregnant within 12 hours. So that can happen. (laughs) So after he has created life, um, light shines in the room and he regains his creative spark. Yeah, he's
1: the poet. Through her.
0: So he has to begin writing his greatest manuscript of all time, which is essentially the New Testament. Yes. So she's also changed by the creation of life, though. She doesn't only serve his creative spark. Here we see she's glowing. She's wearing flowy white Yeah, she
1: wears more interesting clothing, yeah.
0: She's wearing makeup.
1: She never really wears much that's colorful in the entire film. Oh, no. She does wear more, it's even more modern clothing at that point.
0: Yeah. Well, the entire film is in earth tone. Yep.
1: Scene. Yeah, earth tones.
0: But her hair is done. Her makeup's done. Earlier in the funeral scene, when things are going particularly awful, a woman says to her, can't you even put on some decent clothes? Her physical appearance is suffering with more and more people being in the house. But as everyone is gone from the house and she is able to make love with him and she is able to bear creation, then her whole physical appearance yeah. is, is glowing and flowing. Because and at least
1: temporarily, there. even her side of things is going well.
0: She's also back to being her domestic goddess, so if you see that perfect cake, that yeah. after well, it, It's a
1: it's a somewhat silly metaphor as well, is that she's pregnant and they cut to literally a bun in the oven as, yes. as a cake. <laughs> and, but yes, it's a perfect cake and she's making a whole meal and it's going to be a celebration, because <laughs> he's writing it again. So it's for him, but it's a good measure of her, the domestic side of her.
0: And the thing is, as unfeminist as this may sound, I don't think that there's anything wrong with her love of being a domestic goddess, of him supporting his creativity, of any of that happening, if she was treated with love mm-hmm. and respect by him. If that's the dynamic that they choose to create, mm-hmm. you can create intimacy in that type of relationship, but he doesn't listen Well,
1: to it's her. It's even interesting because a, a lot of the bad gender dynamics in the film are not the film being bad, right. so much as what the film is about. Right. It's interesting that he does almost nothing in the entire film. She <laughs> plasters walls, she does laundry, she makes meals. She We don't see her painting, but the paint is out there when she's gonna paint walls as well, and she takes care of the entire place. All he does is write a poem.
0: Yes, and he, has and he thronged, gets bigger recognition. Adoring fans. Yes. <laughs> Just if I might be bitter for a moment, like often. I'm <laughs> saying, <So. laughs> And still, she cannot make him happy, even with all of his adoring fans. Yes. His male ego rears his head again. She says, look at me, I'm about to have our baby. Why is that not enough for you? But he can't even put aside his ego for the time she's carrying his life. He continues to ignore her wishes to have private space with him. He just has an incessant need to be worshipped that she's... Even when the
1: baby go. is born, all he wants to hold it for is so he can go show it to the crowd.
0: Yes. So I, I do think there is an interesting note about the none of his creations being able to satisfy him. Mm-hmm. So we can create, but we can't control how others respond to our creations when we put them out there. So also thinking about this in terms of everyone who creates art, once we put something out into the world, we don't know how it's going to be received. So his great manuscript leads to wars, it leads to violence, it leads to the desecration of his wife, the destruction of his home, um, his child. and his child, but he prizes the creation above above all. The creation still has to happen. It has to happen above the wishes of his wife, above his child, above his home, above above everything. We see more objectification in the birth scene. Uh, more objectification of her. She's yeah. she literally well, just becomes a vessel for him. Yep. And the most difficult scene for me to watch is him waiting until she's actually physically defenseless yeah. to steal her her creation, their baby, who of course is torn apart limb by limb because because everyone wants part of him. Yes. And so even their baby becomes a bloody carcass to serve his ego. So in terms of life as a house, we see destruction, the destruction of homes, the destruction of the model homes leading to creation. Mother, we see creation leading to destruction. Structurally,
1: it's the reverse. Yes. We do get creation again at the end, and we did start with destruction, but they're so brief. The destruction at the beginning, you don't know what it is. And the creation at the end, you know what it is, but the movie's over. And so it's re- the structure is reversed. It's, you have to build yes. it up and then destroy it because it didn't it didn't go well and you got to do something else. Unfortunately, in this case, he's the one who gets to remake it and try again. She becomes someone else.
0: And in life as a house, say something bad can force something good. Mother, they say, maybe what happened could change everything. Everyone, we have to find a way to forgive. So we do see a connection of forgiveness in both films our mother just comes across a bit darker
1: in terms yeah. of well i think that. it's because we're focused on her so much that forgiveness seems disingenuous whereas the forgiveness in life as a house we know it needs to happen and it's good for all of these people that forgiveness is not good for her
0: yes in that moment exactly Mother chooses to sacrifice herself, but is it actually a choice at that point? Well, it's
1: literally the same day that the baby has been torn apart.
0: So the only power that she has comes—well, not the only power, because she does have her moments—but her power at the end of the film comes from the destruction of the home itself. When she screams, "You have to get the fuck out of my house!" So women, again, given less space, told that we're not enough. We're not attractive enough for our husbands. We're not enough of a muse to help creation Mm -hmm. go. We're not enough of a mother. And then what's the inevitable result? Women will explode in anger and rage and then be told that they're overreacting and that their anger is misplaced. And then we're just crazy, right? And,
1: And hers is great too because she uses the lighter she has displaced earlier, which she sees and retrieves. And she uses the secret room that she found earlier. So it's her intimate knowledge of the house itself that leads to her ability to destroy it.
0: And this made me think of other self-destructive, or self-destructing, rather, women in literature. We have Kate Chopin in The Awakening, who, in just anger and frustration and unable to to let go of that rage, walks into the ocean. We have... Charlotte Perkins Gilman's character in the yellow wallpaper who is rendered mad and is forced into a room where she can only find patterns in wallpaper for, for eternity. And, of course, the whole mad woman in the attic. Yes. yeah,
1: It's <laughs> for, a thing. It's a trip.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, ultimately, I feel like Life is a House was arguing of free will. Because George makes a very deliberate choice to start resolving the intergenerational trauma. Yeah. And Mother comes across more deterministic, no matter how much you create, no matter how much you will end up in the same place of destruction. Well.
1: I think it's it comes to, down to the scale of the films themselves. Life as a house is using the house as a metaphor for, it's in the title, a life. Whereas Mother is taking this house and this situation as a metaphor essentially for all of history.
0: Right.
1: Or at least all of like Christian history. And it's going to think in bigger terms. So it's ultimately ends up a little more negative because in reality we're not at that rebuilt stage.
0: So are we supposed to assume at the end of Mother when Mother wakes up in the bed and sits up and says, baby? It's the same Mother. Aren't no. they It's a different one. Is it? Yes, yeah, it's not, it's Jennifer,
1: not Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Well, I don't know who that is. It wasn't someone I recognized. But it's not her. And, and in addition, the one we see burning at the beginning is Right, that, it's, it's not her, Weiss. Yes. Which, behind the scenes, Rachel Weiss was Darren Aronofsky's ex when he made the film, and Jennifer Lawrence is who he was just starting a relationship when he made the film. And so he used that as part of the structure. I don't know offhand who the woman is at the end, but it's not, it's supposed to be a different person, yeah. a different incarnation. A possible correction here. The woman at the beginning might not be Rachel Weiss. It might be Sarah Jean LaBrosse, credited as foremother. And the woman at the end might be Laurence LeBouf, credited as maiden. And so, essentially, him is creating... He uses her love for him to rebuild the house and rebuild a new version of her that will start the cycle all over again of not being enough. Even though she clearly is because she's what he keeps using to fuel the whole thing. But he doesn't get that because... There's other people that can be out there adoring him, too. and He's got a problem. As, like, so many do. <laughs> <laughs> so, is one better than the other? I think Life as a House is obviously the more audience-friendly. Like, more people, if they watch that, would like it than would like Mother if they watched it. Some people would be really pissed off by Mother.
0: What was really interesting to me... When I started watching both films, I thought that I was going to have a lot more to say about Mother than Life is a House, but ended up having a lot more to say about Life is a House Mm -hmm. than Mother. I feel like, while I love both of these films, I connect more on a personal,
1: emotional... Yeah. I I think there's something to be said for the filmmaking of Mother more than Life is a House.
0: Hmm. Both films use symbolism well, but Mother
1: does so more. It does so more deliberately, more obviously. Life as a House puts it in the title so you know it's there, but then it's just a story. Mother is like, if you don't get the symbolism, you're not even going to enjoy it. You're going to be like, is this a horror film? What's happening? You won't know, which early on, that's what it feels like. It feels like a haunted house. Because the house itself has an energy from before her. So, which I guess life is a house. That's the vote then.
0: Life is a house. Would get my vote.
1: It's it's weird because I there are some very weird flaws to the movie. Some of the acting is not that great, and some of the scripting is a bit trite and deliberate. In a like, it's kind of cheesy, but it knows it. I mean, it knows it is. It's written by someone who I think was his first feature script, whereas Darren Aronofsky has been doing this for a while. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was making a movie that wasn't going to be a big, like, wide-release popular film.
0: But he had a budget to make what he wanted. So how much does Darren Aronofsky himself play into the him character if he is self-indulgently creating a film that he knows is
1: not? Both very much and deliberately not like, he's, I think he's speaking out against what he thinks of himself. Which is why he got, but then he knows he's doing that, which is why he got Rachel Vice to be in the opening scene. You know, he purposely got his ex to be in that scene to play the thing that already destroyed his creation. <laughs> and it's funny, because it's so brief. When I first saw it, I'm like, wait, who is that? And then she was off the screen. It was only later I realized, oh, that was Rachel Because <laughs> she's, she's, at that point, she was more famous. Well, not more famous than Jared Lawrence, but she was famous earlier. So probably seen her in more things, but yeah, he, I think he's definitely doing that, and it's interesting that that was 2017, right?
0: 2017,
1: yeah. He hasn't made another, made another film yet, huh? And I have no idea what he's working on currently, which is interesting. Like it's maybe um, it'd be interesting to see what he does next, because it seems like a very deliberate comment, even on himself and what he is as a filmmaker he can be self-indulgent. He got to make a Noah film, and he got to do weird shit with it. Because he could.
0: So, did the director of Life is a House make more films?
1: my phone. The director, yes. And the writer I think worked on some TV stuff after that. And has gone now, so I can't <laughs> look it up. But not something that I know, off. I mean, that I don't know. I mean, it's clearly not the same regard. Aaron up except for Oscars. Yes. This movie got noticed even by people who didn't like it. Life is a house. Yeah. Apparently only got noticed from people who didn't like it.
0: <laughs> I was surprised that both of the film's reviews and IMDb ratings were
1: fairly low. Yeah. Although I, I like weird movies, so do you. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Which is that doesn't we, make me not like it. That's movies. why we get along and
1: can't watch movies <laughs> yeah. like this together. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're not always the things that everyone likes. Yeah. Some of those are good, too.
0: Yeah. I usually make a joke that the more pretentious or auto is, the more I'm
1: going to like it. So I have a question. Sure. What movie should have been on the list? What movie is what what are your top movies, if you have any?
0: Oh, what movies would be on my top thirty yeah. six? Um, you don't have to
1: name thirty six. No of things. course.
0: Yeah. Well some of mine that would be on my top thirty six would be Tree of
1: Life. That was on I think <laughs> that went out at sixty four one twenty eight,
0: I forget. And Tree of Life might be my favorite film of all time. So I like most of what Terrence Malik does Hidden Life. I really liked a lot too. I yeah. <laughs> So that could also be on my top. I think in terms of more audience friendly films, I'd have Mr. Holland's Opus on my top mm-hmm. 36. Yeah. And probably have both of these films on my top 36. And Maybe leave on leaving Las Vegas. Yes. Cube,
1: cube, cube's another one. <laughs> it, it was on my list. It didn't make it to the top thirty-six because, as much as I love it, and as much as like when it used to be like not streaming, if it was on late at night on cable, I would just watch the rest of it. It's one of those movies, but its dialogue is so awful. Sometimes I couldn't keep. I couldn't make it one of the top movies.
0: Yeah, the first time I watched Cube, though it was pretty late at night and. It blew my mind and Mm -hmm. then I cried for like an hour after. I wasn't sad, it's not a sad film. Mm -mm. It just really affected me. (laughs) So I definitely recommend that. That's just also some not highly rated Canadian
1: horror film. I think it's more among people (laughs) who people who know what it is seem to love it. Mm -hmm. But because it's a little Canadian film that came out in the Mm -hmm. mid nineties, some people just never heard of it or never seen it. Being emotionally affected by the movie is a big thing. Which, with these two movies, was very different. Life as a House makes me sad, but in a good way. Mother does something else entirely. I don't know what. Even still. I remember watching it the first time. I immediately, I think it was on Twitter. I said, like, as I walked out here, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure what I just watched, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and then as I thought on it, I'm like, I have to see it again. And I saw it again. And then watching it now, I was like, that last half hour of just... Even earlier, the pace of it is very intense. Yeah. Like, if I was still cheating in this bracket, I would keep both of these. And maybe I will. I don't know. Um. So
0: my colleague and friend saw Mother, and she saw it because I said that I loved it. And then she messaged me, and she's like, what the heck happened? So we <laughs> spent like two hours and office hours just breaking down the film. And then she went mm-hmm. to see it again, and, and she liked it. She's like, I, she just struggled with it's it like a little some, bit. Somebody on <laughs>
1: Facebook who watches movies constantly, yeah. kind of like me saw me post I was watching Mother and said like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, is that good old? It doesn't sound like a good old boy. It sounds like you you think that's a bad thing. Like, oh, this is awesome. As, as I pointed out, just because a movie doesn't win in any of these brackets doesn't mean much because it's the top 36 movies out of sixty six thousand five hundred and something on my letterbox list <laughs> that I've seen. So it's in the top like within the top one percent or something
0: <laughs> Yeah. They're
1: all fine. They've already won. And they're awesome. So you should watch them.
0: And one last film that I don't know would be in my top thirty-six, but that I'd want to watch again soon and have a lot of appreciation for that you don't like is Midsummer. I think I need to write
1: something about that. I don't not like it. I hate yeah. it. There's yeah. a difference. <laughs> it's active. Yeah. It's a fine film. <laughs> it just pisses me off. Oh, I should comment about that in this show sometime because the <laughs> podcast where I did record about that movie doesn't
0: really exist anymore. Let me know when you want to be pissed off about that film.
1: And watch it again. And we'll yeah. watch it again. Don't we'll watch know. it again and talk about how you yeah. don't show me a bear if it's not going to do anything. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bowl Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cockbowl Minute or find us in the Facebook yeah. listeners group, Cock and Bowl Pub. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com.